Hello, here we go again, another podcast episode. Big houses, mansions, well not mansions as such, but big houses in town. There was a huge house, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Where are we? Nine o'clock, 17th of August 23. What day is it? I never know, it's awful. A couple of people have emailed me and said, why don't you find out what day it is before you start the podcast episode? Yeah, I suppose I forget. (laughs) I forget to find out what day it is that I've forgotten. Anyway, it's Thursday, 22 degrees centigrade, which is 72.6 Fahrenheit, 69% now um, humidity, 1019 millibars, and the flag, well, just now it was windy from the east. Yeah, it still is a little bit, a breeze from the east. So that's that. I've just had a, here we go, a Met Office weather warning would you believe it we had a lovely day yesterday i was in my shorts in the garden scaring the neighbors you could hear them screaming as they shut their windows today is lovely tomorrow rain thunder wind lightning oh dear we'd get two days where people think this is it we're back to summer oh no you're not (laughs) oh dear not happy days at all you'll be pleased to learn that I don't have any audio clips to play to you. (laughs) I know that a lot of you like them. One or two have emailed me and said, do you have to do that? Do we have to have birdsong and cows and sheep and whatever? Yes, we do. We do. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? It, uh, It brightens things up a little bit. Well, I think. So out of, I don't know how many people listen. I've worked out roughly it's four or 500 now listen to each episode. So I've had two, I think, or two emails, it was, saying we don't like the noises. Well, two, what percentage is that? Can you work? I can't work that out. How can I work that out? I can't even do that on a calculator. Right, answers on a postcard. Back to big houses. There was this huge house in my town on a plot of land. It was one block, you know, about the size of a football pitch, this block of land. Uh, four roads surrounding it, like a normal block. And normally you get houses on each road, each of the four roads. The gardens would meet in the middle. You might get, what, 100, 250 houses or more on this huge block. There was one house in the middle and a huge guard, well, grounds, in the huge grounds. Now, I do remember it when I was young. Obviously, I didn't take a great deal of notice. But whenever I went into town, which wasn't very often, I passed this big house and it was massive, mahoosive, as they say. That was pulled down and they built a block of flats in its place. The tallest building in the town, apparently. And next to it is a smaller block of flats. And it's horrible. It really is horrible. It looks dreadful. Horrid, as the kids say, horrid. I suppose no one wants the big house. I don't know how many rooms it had. It must have had 10, 12 bedrooms two reception rooms, three dining rooms, drawing room, library, morning room, afternoon room, good night room, I don't know, kitchen, scullery, all this sort of stuff, utility, I don't know, whatever. People don't want them anymore, these big houses. I would love something like that. I've said this to people, family, friends, and they've said, well, what would you do with a huge house? Oh, what would I do? I'd have one room full of my amateur radio gear, my ham radio stuff, Another room as a museum, all my vintage radios from the 40s, the old valve radios in the wood and baker-like cabinets, all 1940s stuff. 
Another room would be Trisha's room for whatever she, all her clothes. Uh, what has she got now? 150 something pairs of shoes. We could have a shoe room, <laughs> a dress room. Yeah, she could have a dressing room, couldn't she? I would fill all the rooms. There's no problem about that at all. When people say, well, what would you do with all those rooms? I would fill them with all my junk, all my crud. <laughs> but I, I would be happy with that. Oh, by the way, before I go any further, last Wednesday's midweek message, what I do is put the weekly episode and the Sunday episodes onto YouTube because I know a lot of you listen on YouTube rather than a podcast site such as Podbean, Spotify, Apple and all this stuff, which they should be on. I'm sure all my podcasts are on all those, but some of you prefer YouTube. So that's what I was trying to do. The ordinary midweek message was out on Wednesday, as it should be. I had a bit of a problem. I've only just put it on today, Thursday. I, I won't go into it. It's boring. But the Podbean, the host, they will generate a video suitable for YouTube. So I had to do my own thing and put that on YouTube. And that didn't go on till Thursday, blah, blah, blah. Right, that's that dealt with. Apologies. Dentist, I've written here. Our dentist has a massive, or it was a massive house on the seafront. It's wonderful. The waiting room is the ground floor front room. So you look out over the sea, you can see the pier, uh, all the people on the promenade and all the windmills. You know, not, they're not windmills, are they? They don't mill things. The electricity wind farm, whatever they call it. All these wind things out on the, <laughs> out on the sea. And it's great. I like sitting in the way. I'd rather sit in the waiting room looking at the, the wind farm than sitting in his chair. We went there the other day to the dentist. And for a change, do you know, he said, OK, a couple of things to keep an eye on, but that's fine. Struth. That was 60 quid. Can you put it at 60 quid? I don't know. I should have been a dentist. But his house, or their house, the dentist where they are, all the ground floor are the different surgeries and the waiting room and reception. And they've got upstairs where there's hygienist and whatever. It's a, I think it's a three or is it a four-storey building. And that was once a house just a house on its own. Wonderful, that must have been. In the waiting room, which was the lounge, there's a huge marble fireplace, really high ceilings. You, know, you couldn't paint them on an ordinary ladder. You have to get something huge. Lovely ceiling, all the ornate plaster work around the edges. Really nice. Now, that was one house. And whenever I sit in there, I think, this is it. People sat here in the probably 1800 and something by the fire, watching the horses and carts go past outside. They've got the beach down there and the pier. Don't know when the pier was built. Something else to add to my list. When was the pier built? But there's a lot of big houses still left. A lot of them on the seafront. Further out of town, the big houses, as you move out of town about half a mile, they've gone. They're all blocks of flats along the seafront. And uh, sorry if you live in one of those blocks of flats and you're listening to this, but they do look ugly. You'll probably agree, even if you live in the flats, they are ugly. I've been in one or two of them. I've known people and they're OK inside. Some have got a bit of a balcony, a lovely view of the sea, especially when there's a thunderstorm going on at night. Brilliant view of that, the lightning over the sea. But there we are. You know, people live there. They, they choose to live there if they're happy with that. It's just that the whole seafront, as you go to the west out of town, well, and the east, it's just blocks of flats and it just looks horrible. It's now Friday, quarter past seven in the morning, 25 degrees. 
really warm out there and it's lashing with rain. We've got thunderstorm warnings. I've looked on my thunderstorm map and it's out in the channel, the English channel, because I'm on the south coast, as you probably know, and it's heading our way. I'm going to have to disconnect my aerials. I don't want uh, lightning striking my aerials and blowing up my radios. The 12th of April, 1862. Do you know what happened then? That's when Worthing Pier was opened. <laughs> I said I'd find out and I've just looked it up. 1862. Amazing, isn't it? How long it's lasted. Of course, in Brighton, there are two piers. There's is there a Palace Pier and is it West Pier? The West Pier is all in bits, isn't it? It sort of fell apart. So there's a bit of useless information for you. Just going back to houses for a minute, not necessarily big houses. There's been a, a thing on the news recently here in Britain about building houses and which land to use. And someone has suggested building housing estates on golf courses. Well, I don't, is that a good idea? Apparently in London, there are a lot of golf courses and people are saying, well, why not build houses all over them? I don't think the golfing fraternity will go along with that. I'm not a golfer. I, I've never played golf. My neighbor does. A few of my friends play golf. It's not something I've ever even tried. I've played mini golf, you know, putting or whatever it is, crazy golf, all these daft things, <laughs> all these daft things. Play those uh, with the grandchildren. They love all that, where you have to hit the ball through a tunnel and then into a whatever, something else. <laughs> That's quite good fun. But I've never actually played proper golf on a, on a golf course. But I don't think it's a good idea to build houses all over them. What, what do you think? Let me know. Raise rants at protonmail.com. A friend of mine, his parents in town, they rented a huge uh, house. In fact, it was the, the ground floor. I think it was made into flats. And the ground floor, it was a massive. He reckons from the front door to the back door was 100 feet. Now, he was prone to lying. I mean, exaggerating. <laughs> Actually, he was prone to lying. I wonder whether he's still around. Dave was his name. Dave. I won't mention his surname. But uh, everything that happened to him, he exaggerated or lied. I took that roundabout at 60 miles an hour in the van. No, David, you can't do that in any vehicle. And not. It was a really small roundabout. And you just can't do 60 around. You know, you roll the van over. Anyway, there we are. So this flat of his parents, he held a party there once his birthday party and we all piled round there and what we didn't know was all us party goers there was a basement he was saying come in come in and led us to this door under the stairs there we are down there and of course we're all thinking well, where, where are we going what's this a coal cellar and we went down these steps into this huge basement it was divided into several rooms and he got it all as his den it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I was envious. I thought, this is, I want a house. I want a house with a basement. My son in Carolina, North Carolina, he's got a basement. It's not like David's was. It's not a rough old brick walls and all the floor joists and things above you. You know, it was. it's a proper one. It's part of the house. And down there, my son's got his, his office. He's got a, a kitchen and a, a bathroom, I think, a toilet and stuff. So it's a self-contained flat apartment, if you like. And that's where he works during the day, which is good. But this Dave's place, though, it was absolutely brilliant. 
huge basement. He had all flashing lights. He had music down there for his party. And the party went on to the early hours of the morning. Of course, no windows. We didn't know what sort of time it was. No one was bothered about the time. When we eventually went home, we went up the stairs and went outside. It's daylight. The sun was up. It was down there. There's, as I say, no windows. You've no idea what's happening outside. So good fun. I always wanted a house with a basement. I used to think one of these days, you know, when I, I get a house, the first thing I'll do is make sure it has got a, a cellar or a basement. So many haven't, though. Even older houses, or terrace houses, don't have basements. I suppose that would be difficult, wouldn't it? Because you've got to hold, you know, the house has to have foundations, the whole row of houses. If you had basements, that would be quite difficult. It would be really nice, though, to have a basement for all my stuff. I could have my radio room down there and, well, that could be my den out of the way of the house. And then just one door, say, under the stairs instead of the cupboard. That's the, the steps downstairs to the basement. Just keep that locked. That would be, <laughs> that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? I could blast my music down there without annoying the neighbours. Unless they've got a basement, of course, and they'd hear it in their basement. Anyway, there we are. I haven't got a basement. I did hear of a chap many, many years ago. He didn't have a basement. So what he did in his back room, say it's the dining room, he took the floor up, the floorboards, the, the joists, are they called joists? He took all that up and <laughs> and dug a hole, dug a huge hole in the dining room floor. Now, that's not a good idea. I'm not quite sure what happened. I do remember hearing he had trouble with subsidence because obviously the, the footings where the house is built, the footings for the walls, that stayed there. But if you dig a big hole under the floor in one room, I don't know. That's not a good idea. If you're going to have a basement, it's got to be put in when the house is being, <laughs> is being built. You know what, the dining room, well, the whole house to cave into the hole you've dug. I don't know what he did with all the earth, all the soil that he would have had to dig out. Uh, there'd be a mountain of it in the back garden. Anyway, there we are. You can't always believe what you read in the papers or hear on the news. I can't remember where I heard it, but that was decades ago. I do remember a chap, not a friend of mine, kind of friend of a friend. He had a house. He bought a, it was semi-detached, only small, small semi-detached house. And the house next door, the one attached to his, they sold it up for sale and he bought it. <laughs> he bought it. So what he did was, did you ever see the, the Beatles film? Oh, what was it? Hard Day's Night? I forget what it was. Each of the four Beatles went into their front door in this street, a row of terraced houses. So the four Beatles went into the four front doors and inside, the camera was then inside, and they made it into one huge room. <laughs> so you had your separate front doors. Anyway, I forget which film that was. No doubt you will email me and tell me. I think it was A Hard Day's Night. But this chap, this friend of a friend, he bought the house next door. And uh, I think he got it quite cheap. I forget the, the whole story, but it needed a lot of work doing to it. Oh, I think that an old lady lived there and the son just wanted to sell it just to get rid of it uh, for whatever reason. Anyway, he bought it and he knocked a hole through the wall, you know, made a, a big archway through the adjoining wall. And he, <laughs> so he had two front doors. He didn't take down the, the front fence. He had two front gardens. And from the outside, as far as you would be aware it was two separate houses 
he took the fence down between the two back gardens. I did go and see it. Um, I can't remember why I went to see it, but anyway, I did. This friend of mine, oh, I think it was his brother. That's right, it was this friend's brother. I'm going back again a long time. A long time in history, it is history, and I can't remember things. We're going to uh, Bluebell Railway next week, and we're going on the Flying Scotsman. Can you believe that? The Flying Scotsman. We booked it over a year ago. Anyway, he had this, instead of one kitchen, he had two kitchens, two lounges, two dining rooms, six bedrooms, because they're both three bedroom uh, yeah, there were three bedroom houses, six bedrooms, two bathrooms, huge back garden. You know, it really was brilliant. If you can afford to do that, that's, uh, that's a good idea. I like the idea of that. Many years ago, a friend of mine, we were chatting and he said, there's a huge house on the corner of whatever road it was. I forget what road. He said, do you know it? And I said, uh, no, no. Why? He said, well, they're demolishing it. They're going to pull it down. And he said, it's a massive place. Come and have a look. He'd been round it. There was a uh, you know, big wire fencing all around it. They were getting ready to demolish it. There was a big digger and a bulldozer thing in the, in the garden. So we went there that evening and uh, slipped through a, a gap in the fencing around the side. And we had a look at it. The front door was closed, but not locked. They just push it open. And the first thing that hit me, the hallway was bigger than our lounge. Massive hallway. Absolutely fantastic, this huge staircase must have been oak not like the modern rubbish staircases these days what are they pine or something softwood this must have been an oak stairway big wide stair oh wonderful and i imagined as soon as i walked in there i imagined a family living there it was so sad it was all going to be demolished all smashed up and ripped down i went into one of the front rooms there were two big front rooms went into the what was the lounge or would have been the lounge fantastic fireplace in there huge windows the sunlight it was evening the sunlight was coming in and it was just it was really sad to think that all this was going to be demolished upstairs there were loads of rooms must have been bedrooms a big bathroom all sorts of rooms upstairs also downstairs at the back there was must be a dining room a kitchen a scullery all sorts of other rooms i don't know what they'd be used for they all had fireplaces of course as they did back then it was obviously a an 1800s house you know 19th century house and it was just so well built everything all the wood it was all oak you could see it was really nice wood everywhere the the staircase the the banister rail everything but there we are it, it was all going to be pulled down and it was eventually i kept an eye on it it was only a couple of weeks and you know, the thing had gone and then um, before you can say, Bob's your auntie, <laughs> there's a block of flats there. Oh, sacrilege. When I was, what, 10, 11, 12 years old, used to go up on my bike up, the, up to the top of the hill. There's a huge hill. I think I've told you before. I used to come racing down there, 40 miles an hour. A couple of my friends with me. We had speedometers on our bikes, 40 miles an hour. There's a main road at the bottom, the A27. Look it up on the map. <laughs> A27, High Salvington. Anyway, top of the hill was a huge house. Again, huge house. And it was derelict. No one there, of course, all overgrown and everything. Round the back was a big swimming pool. It was empty and full of leaves and rubbish. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, this must cost a fortune when this was, uh, when this was built and when it was sold. It must have been hugely expensive. It was derelict. 
Now, what was the story there? I, dev- I never did find out. I don't know what happened. A lovely great house right up on the hill. It must have been worth a fortune. And of course, one day it had gone. We went up there on our bikes. It had gone. And I don't know what's there now. They built, what did they build there? I can't remember. I can remember the name of the road. I might go and have a look. I won't say the road in case someone, I don't know, best not to mention the name of the road. But uh, next time I'm in that area, I'll go and have a look. I know exactly where it was. Well, more or less. <laughs> can you say more or less exactly? I mean, it's either exact or it isn't. I don't know. But I remember the name of the road and there weren't many houses there. So a swimming pool, though, in the back garden. Oh, wonderful. Not that I can swim, so it would be no good to me. There was another house until recently. That was derelict in, uh, where was that? Yeah, west west of where I am. Yeah, Goring, not far from where my mother lives. We, we went there this morning. It's Saturday now, by the way. This house, totally derelict. Kids had gone in there. All the windows smashed. Just totally derelict. Your know, doors ripped off. It must have been very damp in there. And it was like it for years and years and years. Wonder what the story is there. But why? Someone must have owned it. It's not just sitting there unowned. <laughs> and suddenly, one day, went to see my mum on a Saturday morning, as we do. There's builders there. There's a fence round it. There's stuff going on. Anyway, they've done it all. Really looks nice. Fantastic place. And it's sold. There's people living there now. But I wonder what the story is. How do you find out? I could go and knock on the door. Say, Excuse me, I like your new house. Do you know the story? Because it was derelict for years. They might not know that. Mind you, the neighbours would tell them, wouldn't they? If they start getting chatty with the neighbours, they'd say, your house was a tip. It was derelict. <laughs> full of squatters. No, I don't think it was full of squatters. But there are a lot of properties around, big properties that have gone now, of course, as I've been saying. And I often wonder what the story was, what they were. When I say what they were, they weren't all houses. Well, they were originally, but they were used as other things. There was one used as a uh, convalescent home uh, in in my town. That was a huge house used as a a convalescent home. I think it's still... No, it's not. It's offices now, I believe. I mentioned uh, that I was going to talk about big houses last week on the midweek episode. uh, Wednesday, wasn't it? Midweek message. And Jason has emailed me. Hello, Jason. Nice to hear from you. He says, we live in a big house. (laughs) Well, that's not fair, because I don't. And he said, the trouble is, it's huge. It's difficult to heat. It's got the old sash windows. The central heating system is old, and it really isn't up to the job. You don't say how big. Well, you've got, oh, six bedrooms. Just looking at the email now. Six bedrooms, Jason. And a couple of, oh, yeah, I see two dining rooms how come you've got two dining rooms anyway it's a huge house and he says in the winter they all freeze they can't afford to have it all double glazed he says it would cost a fortune they started to do one (laughs) one window at a time from what he says he's young so this is a, a kind of project that he's taken on with his wife have you got kids yet i wonder jason a big house like that rattling around on your own you'll have to fill it with children that would be lovely wouldn't it have six kids or something then you fill up all your bedrooms but he says that it's, it's really nice having a big house but you have to be aware of the maintenance heating it he said it is costing us a fortune but apparently they got it very cheap I don't know what cheap is uh, these days, Jason. How cheap was it? You should have given me more info, Jason. I need more information. 
I need your name, your address, your phone number, so I can come and have a look and take photographs for the website. There we are. Now, that is a good point, though. If it's got the original sash windows, the old wooden windows, and a central heating boiler that is decades old. Do you know my mother-in-law's boiler? What did she say it was? It's 30 years old, their central heating boiler. 30 years old. Ours is, what, 20? 20 years old. We had the heating replaced 20 years ago, the whole system. I don't know where the decades are going. But thanks for that, Jason. Yeah, that is a good point, isn't it? It's all very well having a huge house, but you've got to heat it. It's like owning a Rolls-Royce. Okay, you can afford to buy a Rolls-Royce, but the servicing, the exhaust system, the exhaust system probably costs as much as my car did. <laughs> the tyres, they're all expensive, aren't they? Any big, expensive, posh-type car, the tyres cost a fortune, everything costs a lot of money. Just a, a simple service will cost you a lot of money, too much money. I'm not into cars. I've never been into cars. I used to have an MG Magnet many years ago. Farina style, Connaught green, racing green. That was nice. Twin SU carbs. Anyway, you don't want to know about that. That's the only car that I've ever owned that I've liked. I haven't liked any. We've got a, obviously a modern car now. The engine light. Did I tell you about the engine light? It came on again. Then it went off. I phoned the garage and I said to him, look, it's off. Do you want me to bring it in because we've got it booked? He said, well, not if it's gone off. And I said, what are we going to do about it? Leave it? And he said, well, if you don't care about it, leave it. I won't tell you what he said because it's a bit naughty. But we're just going to leave it for the while and uh, just for the time being and see what happens. <laughs> Damn engine light. I've got a mind to take a bit of black tape and stick it over it so I can't see it. No, it's been off now for a week. In the old days, you didn't have engine lights and all this nonsense engine management system what are you talking about engine management system what's all that rubbish about the engine management was the the starter the choke and the the accelerator the throttle you don't need any other management <laughs> you can manage it yourself as you're driving along i don't know i don't like all these modern cars i don't like new houses either i've got a bit of a, a rough voice can you tell a bit rough i must need a drink of something where is it 10 past 10 in the morning Windy, nice day again, but uh, I don't know, it's wind again, we just had a quick shower. No, I don't like new houses, I don't like new houses at all. They're very nice. My mum was saying this morning, oh, so-and-so just moved into their new house. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, it's beautiful, what a lovely place. Well, they're not lovely, I don't think they're lovely. I like an old house. I like anything old because it's got character. An old car, they've got character, haven't they? different shapes, sizes, colours, different seats. These days, cars are the same. They're all grey dashboard, plastic, horrible. And houses, all modern houses, they all look the same, don't they? Unless you spend a fortune, of course. And the plaster on the walls all cracks, the ceilings crack, don't they? Bits fall off. I think I've said before, our house is now just over 100 years old. Brilliant. Yeah, bits are falling off it, but, oh, it's fantastic. I love the old houses, big old house in a in a big old garden. Really looks nice. Character, that's what they've got, character. But there we are. I'm just uh, old-fashioned, I suppose. I just like anything old. <laughs> I'm old. Yes, so, uh, no, seriously, it's, it's nice, isn't it, to have old things around you. These days, what's all this minimalistic stuff? You go into someone's lounge, there's a, a sofa, 
perhaps uh, two sofas and a little table and a television and that's it there's nothing else that minimalistic it's that's not a home that's a waiting room at the doctor's surgery that's not a home a proper lounge <laughs> listen to me moaning i don't well my mum said this morning she said one thing about you ray is you never moan and trisha's face she looked at me looked at my mum really <laughs> do i ever moan some big houses they weren't all pulled down some were made into flats i don't mean demolished and built a block of flats the original house was made into flats some of them are quite nice because they're very old houses they've got the character and as long as the outside isn't ruined too much you've still got the front garden the big front door but of course when you go in there you've got separate flats that's quite nice i've been inside one or two of those over the years then you've got bed sits bed sitting rooms i think i've mentioned this before if you're outside Britain, you might not know what a bedsit is. Basically, well, it's what it says, really, isn't it? It's a room, and in there you've got a little kitchenette. How about that kitchenette? <laughs> a sink, a cooker, a fridge, and perhaps a couple of cupboards. Then you've got your bed, a sofa, television, wardrobe, and that's about it. Now, Trish and I moved into a bedsit when we were between houses. We were only there a few months, but it was okay. Luckily, we had our own en suite if you like en suite sort of toilet and shower a little area which was rather nice because otherwise you've got to share the main one in the house i don't think i want to share a, a bathroom with other people in the house trish wouldn't either so that was lucky with that we found that one we were only there a few months and then we got the house of course but we were quite happy there okay it's a little bit pokey being stuck in one room but we were quite happy there. It worked out very well, in fact. We had a clothes rail with, with a load of clothes on it, and Trish was sorting that out. And the whole rail and all the pile of clothes hanging on the rail fell over on top of her, and she's buried. And I, was, I say, where are you? <laughs> she's under a mountain of clothes. But that was good fun. You know, anything like that, you can make it good fun. It doesn't have to be miserable or we're stuck in one room. It was nice. And then, of course, we... We, that's before we came here into the house so it all worked out nicely in the end quite a few people that are moving house they sell their house then they can't move into a new one or they haven't found a new one so they will rent and they normally rent somewhere very small in a way it was rather nice because we had no worries about keeping up the garden or cleaning the windows or doing anything that we were just in this room no bills the electricity was included. Oh, no, we had a slot meter for that. Put pound coins in the slot meter. That was it. There were no extra bills at all. You just pay your rent every week. The chap used to knock on the door and we give, give him the cash. And that was that. Talking of cash, what do you think about this cashless society they keep on about, banging on about it on the telly? How can you not have cash? I don't know. I don't, which side are you on with that? Do you think that we need cash or do you think we don't we can do without cash i saw something on the telly the other day old people they were asking in the street like me i must not keep saying like me i'm not old am i elderly people in the street they were saying oh no we want cash we want cash you know if if we see a busker playing his guitar or something we can put some money in his hat how could you do that if you haven't got cash younger people that they asked in the street what do you think about it 
don't use cash, never have cash on me. I've got Apple Pay on my phone and all this stuff. Talking of which, guess what I've now got? I've got a new phone, well, Trisha's old phone. I've got, what's mine? I've got a 12. She's got a 14. Is it Apple iPod? I don't know. Well, it's not an iPod, is it? I can't keep up with it all. People laugh. <laughs> the grandchildren laugh at me. Oh, granddad. What phone have you got? I don't know. So mine's a 12 and it's now got Apple Pay on it. Well, I didn't know what that was. Trisha told me that I can now go places and pay on the phone. So <laughs> I said, well, I can go anywhere and sort of use my phone. Yeah, go anywhere. So I thought, well, that's a good idea. I don't know how secure it is. What if someone, if I lose my phone, they find the phone and they use my Apple Pay? I don't know. I've got to look into all that. But the, the moral, not the moral of the story, the, the idea of the story was that youngsters interviewed in the street, would you go cashless? Well, they don't have cash anyway, they were saying. Older people, oh yeah, we need cash. So again, there's this difference, isn't there, in the generations. As the older people fade away, the younger people grow up, then we probably won't have cash. But I mean, what do people do? This is what I've been thinking. What do people do like uh, a cheeky little cash job, as they say? HMRC, His Majesty's Revenue and Custom. What's that all about? Inland Revenue. <laughs> what is it in America? IRS, isn't it? Inland Revenue Services. Well, if there's no cash, how are you going to do it? It's all going to be on recorded, isn't it? At your bank and stuff. Oh, you paid him 30 quid for doing a quick plumbing job. <laughs> Instead of bunging him the cash and there's no tax man involved. I don't know. For me, uh, I reckon that we need cash. So what are your thoughts on that? It's, uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, eventually, there won't be cash, I know. Anyway, raise rants at protonmail.com. If you've got any spare cash, then uh, send it my way. Another thing people have mentioned is putting money in birthday cards. We've always done that, especially people that live far away. You can't take them a present or whatever. You stick a tenner or something in a birthday card. Well, that would stop. Yeah, I suppose you can buy these gift vouchers, but they're rubbish, aren't they? So I, I don't know. The, the thing is, though, <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> if you go out, say, to the pub with 30 quid in your pocket, you know what you've got. If you go to the pub with your card or your Apple Pay phone, I'll have another pint. Oh, it's my round. Oh, it's my round. I'll have another one of those and one of those for him and one of those for her. And before you know it, you spend a lot of money. You wake up the next day, have a look on your phone. What did I spend last night? 150. Oops, how did I do that? Yeah, do email me on that one. That'd be interesting. Have you got this in America? I don't know where it all started here, but this cashless society thing started some time ago. People banging on about it as they do. Everything's changing, isn't it? Everything. I can't keep up with it. Oh, by the way, thanks to everyone that emailed me and said you've put the midweek message on YouTube twice. I did that. I, did I explain that? I thought I'd explain that. I couldn't uh, get it on via Podbean, so I put it on myself, did it myself, and then Podbean, it went on anyway. Oh, I don't know. And we ended up <laughs> we ended up with it on there twice. Well, that's, that's a bonus for you. You can listen to it twice. <laughs> not a bonus, they say. That's not a bonus at all. Okay, where are we going from here? We talked about houses. I've just dropped Trisha off and daughter number one in town. There's a, is it, what's this local radio station? We've got more radio. Have you ever heard of, of such a useless name for a radio station? 
more radio. I call it more, well, I can't say that, more something else. In the old days, we had Radio Caroline, Radio London. Do you remember Radio Screaming Lord Such? <laughs> that was brilliant. Radio Swinging England. All these names that people dreamt up. And now, now we've got more radio. I don't know. Anyway, they're doing a, it's like a party in the park. So I've dropped them off down there. No, I'm not going. Certainly not. I'm sitting here talking to you. I'd rather be here talking to you than go down there. All those people, that noise, dreadful music blasting out. <laughs> so I've got an evening here alone. Where is it? It's six o'clock now. Saturday evening. Lovely evening, actually. A bit of wind. This is going on at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, Sunday, as usual. So they're finishing about 11 and I'll get a phone call to pick them up. The thing is, they've got VIP passes. So I don't know whether this is a good thing or not. There's a VIP marquee. And in there, they've got free food and it's a free bar. So, <laughs> yes, Trisha and daughter number one are there now until 11. That's five hours with a free bar. So I might be collecting two giggling swaying around ladies later on we shall see and I've got a cup of tea of course being an upright pillar of the community that I am as you drive north out of Worthing go towards where we're going towards Washington Ashington then you've got uh, East Grinst no not East Grinstead West Chiltington Thacom Fittleworth, all these places. There's some lovely big houses out there, really nice. You're driving along a country lane and there's sort of path, not a pathway, like a roadway. Look down the roadway, it's someone's drive. At the end of it, you see a huge house. <laughs> Absolutely amazing, some of these houses. Now, they won't be knocked down and made into flats. They are for Obviously, people that have a little bit more money than I do. Quite a lot more money than I've got. But some of them are so nice. What we've done in the past, we parked somewhere and then walked down the lane looking up the driveways at these lovely properties. I've always wanted to... I think I've told you before. How many times have I told you? I've always wanted to go and live in the country, in the woods, in a log cabin. Oh, talking of which, uh, my son, North Carolina, the son, he wants to go and live in the mountains in a log cabin. Is that a good idea? I haven't asked him yet, but I would have thought the mountains full of snow, aren't they? Well, probably not on the top. He's not going up to the summit. But it does sound rather nice. It's probably lower down the mountain, isn't it? In the, the forest, the pine forest or whatever they've got there. So that would be nice. He's talking about later on, of course, you know, when the, the kids have left home and uh, I don't know whether it's going to be retirement age or whatever. But there are some lovely properties around, huge places out in the countryside. A friend of mine, he had a, well, his parents had this huge house on a private estate. And I remember going there uh, once and I was saying to him, it was a massive house, it's lovely, you know, your dad must be loaded. He said, no, you know, we're broke. And I laughed, but he was serious. He said, we are broke. There was no mortgage on the place, but they were in debt. And he said, we're going to have to sell it. They got into debt because his dad lost his kind of high-flying job in London. They couldn't carry on with the upkeep of the house. It was an old property. So he was going to have to sell it and they were going to downsize, as they put it. Have you heard that dreadful term, downsize? They were talking on the telly. If they want to get to the bottom of something, that's the old-fashioned way. I want to get to the bottom of this. 
Well, now they drill down, don't they? But the latest one is, I've heard, unpack. There's a lot to unpack here with some news item. Unpack? Well, you unpack a suitcase. You drill down with an electric drill. I, I don't like all this new stuff. Who hates all this new terminology? I do. Again, let me know. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Have a good old moan, <laughs> like I do. So the moral of that story was not everyone with a huge house also has a huge amount of money. We bought a, a bungalow uh, oh, many, many years ago, and it was detached. I hadn't taken any notice of that, really. I, I was aware that it was detached, obviously. It was only really when we moved in, we're thinking, oh, it's, it's detached, isn't it? It's not joined on to any other property. And people were saying, oh, it's all right for you. Detached bungalow, oh, it's all right for you. I, they thought that I, I don't know, they thought that I'd bought it because it was detached. I mean, just, people are funny, aren't they? They're very funny about money and things. I wasn't bothered. I don't care if it's detached or not. We're, we're not detached now. We're joined on to next door. They're all right. It's great. They like my aerials all over the garden. And uh, if they want to make a noise or do what they like, that's fine. Being detached, to be honest, when we were in the bungalow, we didn't notice that we were detached, you know? So I don't know why people go on about it. I think some people, is it envy or jealousy? Oh, it's all right for you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all right for me. When we moved in there, we could barely afford the mortgage. Stone the crows. Of course, as the years go by, the mortgage becomes sort of not irrelevant, but less and less. And of course, now in our little house here, we've paid off the mortgage, which is good. I mean, that took years. It really did take years. I think people get too wrapped up in, in money and how much they've got and what other people have got. Yeah, not how much they've got, more about what other people have got. Well, their house is bigger than mine. You know, it doesn't matter. I know people with lovely properties, huge properties, worth sort of three, four times the amount that ours is worth, but it doesn't matter, does it? So what? Jealousy and envy and stuff like that, that's no good, doesn't do any good at all. People have got better cars than us. Our old Vauxhall that we've got, <laughs> I don't like it. Trish likes it. I don't like it. I like the old cars. I'd like a Morris Thousand, the old Moggy Miner. Who remembers those? No, don't email me. <laughs> I used to like the old cars. They were fantastic. You could tinker about with them at the weekend, play around, you know, change the or clean the spark plugs and the points and play around, fit a radio, fit speakers in the back so you've got some decent sounding music. I used to put aerials all over my cars and uh, ham radio equipment in there, <laughs> microphones everywhere, drive along chatting to people. Good fun. And as I said earlier, the old cars, the old houses, they had character, didn't they? I like people that are characters. I don't know what it is. I, <laughs> I seem to be attracted or I attract people with, not weird people, but people that are characters let's put it that way that's nice and polite isn't it strange people strange characters they're great fun perfectly harmless but uh, i don't know they've got they've got hobbies and they're nerds and well i have i've got a hobby and i'm a, a radio nerd i suppose like attracts like doesn't it or something but i do like anything with character not just houses and cars but people people that dress differently i think that was the thing about the 60s you could wear basically whatever you liked. 
especially being a hippie, as I was in the 60s, long hair, a full beard, a hat with flowers in it. <laughs> I remember going into this pub and the landlord, I, I sort of knew him, well, not knew him, it was a, a pub that we went into quite regularly. And I used to wear this hat in there with flowers all around it. And he, I could see him looking at me and shaking his head negatively. He didn't throw me out because, you know, we were spending money. I used to go in there with other hippies and he'd look at us a lot. I, I knew he was thinking, oh no, here they come. It's the hippies again, that's all I need. <laughs> but we were quite harmless. But we were different. I think that was the thing about it. It's, it's even these days, I sometimes wear red shoes. I've got some red shoes. And people of my age don't wear red shoes, do they? Youngsters might do. But people of my age don't. Except me, I do. <laughs> I like wearing red shoes. I used to go to the pub many, many years ago, just to be different, a jacket a t-shirt and a tie. Now, can you imagine a tie without a proper shirt, just a t-shirt, a tie around, all done up properly, done up neatly, and people would look. <laughs> they probably thought, I bar well, I was balmy. A balm pot. That's an old expression, isn't it? Balm pot. That's a very old expression. But I wasn't balmy, really. It was, it was fun. Back then, I've said all this before, haven't I? Back then, we had fun. I don't think the youngsters have fun these days. I really don't think they do. In Brighton, which is 10 miles east of where I am, on the south coast, Brighton, look it up on the map, there are lots of different people there. They wear different clothes, strange clothes, as I did in the old days. So that's quite good fun. But in other towns, like where I am, and the smaller towns and villages, people seem to have all... I don't know, conformed, you know, they don't wear red shoes, <laughs> except me. When I was in the 60s, I, I had this pair of black slip-on shoes and they were boring. They were comfortable, very nice, but they were boring. So I bought some shoe dye, purple shoe dye, and I spent ages painting on this shoe dye, then you wait till it dries, paint another layer or coat on it, and they were brilliant. People, wow, wow, where'd you get those purple shoes? Oh, I, I bought the shoe dye and the t-shirts who remembers tie dye t-shirts you get a plain white t-shirt and you tie a put a stone in it not when you're wearing it obviously put a stone in it and then tie a string around the stone and then dip it in some dye and when it when you take it out when it's dried it's like a a splash a starburst of whatever color the dye was so you keep doing this with different color dyes and uh, the results were brilliant. I used to like that. We didn't have writing. Not that I can remember. We didn't have writing on our T-shirts. Like, what? what is it? Um, basically, advertising various companies. What's that? It says mountain one. Oh, uh, dry something. What's that dry something or other? I don't know. People go around with these T-shirts with writing all over them. I don't like that. Of course, back then as well, we had T-shirts you could buy with uh, Jimi Hendrix on the front or whoever, whichever, you know, Stones, Rolling Stones, Beatles, stuff like that. That was good. I don't think I ever wore a shirt and tie back in the old days. It just wasn't me. <laughs> I don't think I do now. No, I have worn a shirt and tie these days. I've got a shirt and I think I've got one or two shirts and two or three ties. So if we're going somewhere rather posh, <laughs> which is not very often, I have to say. I don't like being posh. Then I will smarten up a little bit. I've got a nice jacket as well. 
while I'm moaning about clothes, I don't like those trainers either. What they say, Nick, Nike, Nicky, Nike, whatever it is, written all over them. And what's that other one? Adas, Adidas, written all over your clothes and down your jogging bottom. I hate jogging bottoms, don't you? Honestly, they look like they're made for a sack of potatoes. Fill them up with potatoes, sling them over your back when you're working on the farm. Jogging bottoms, dreadful things. Of course, we had the flares. You must remember the flare, the, the Lionel Blairs, flares in the 60s. And they went into the 70s, didn't they? They were smart. They looked really smart, but they were cool at the same time. Well, it wasn't cool then, was it? What was it? Fab or something? <laughs> that was great. I really miss those. I know every week I say it, but I do miss those days. My teenage years were just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I wonder whether the teenagers of today will look back in decades to come and say, my teenage years were wonderful. I don't think they will somehow. I really don't think they will. Well, they're in debt for a start, aren't they? They seem to start out life, working life, university or whatever, thousands, tens of thousands of pounds in debt. I was never in debt until we you know, got, I got married and got a mortgage. Then the mortgage was a debt, obviously. But I was never in debt before I'd even started out in the world. It must be awful to start out owing thousands. I don't know. Going back to a cashless society, as I told you before, you know, when I was a kid, I'd go over the sweet shop with a penny and buy four blackjacks. They were a farthing each, so I'd have four blackjacks. What will kids do these days if there's no cash? Well, they, have they got a, a phone, you know, when they're sort of I don't know, eight years old, they got a, a phone with Apple Pay on it. <laughs> Four blackjacks, please, Mr. That's a penny. Oh, do you, you can't do that on your phone. Can you spend spend a penny? That's an old expression, it's spend a penny. You know where that comes from? You know, I need to go to the toilet, spend a penny. That's because they were a penny to get into the toilet in the cubicles and things. You had to put a penny in the slot. That's why they spent a penny. 20 pence now, I've noticed. Uh, I won't mention where, but we go somewhere, which is rather nice for a coffee. And the toilets are outside. You've got a, a turnstile, turnpike thing. 20 pence to get in. Often I've said to Trish, I'm not going to spend, I'll go in the bushes. No, you're not. She won't let me. She, she has me under control. I'm not allowed to go in the bushes and spend a penny. I have to spend 20 pence to go in the toilets. <laughs> she says I'm dangerous when I'm let loose in public. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. You will have noticed in this Sunday's episode we've got no mooing cows or sheeping sheep or ducks or birds or geese or anything. Trains going fast at the end of the garden. Nothing at all. Not even Ian's sheep going... <laughs> oh, that was good fun. Now, there we are. There's a character. You're a character, Ian, aren't you? You've got your mint saucians and you've got... What was your horse? Tilly. You've got your horse and uh, the sheep aren't to be eaten, they're pets. So there's a character. Well done, Ian. I like the sound of that. As I said, it's nice to be different. Trish calls me renegade. <laughs> I had to look that up. I mean, I know roughly what it means, but renegade. And a chap I used to know years ago, he said I was bohemian. Bohemian? I know Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I had to look that up because, I mean, again, I know roughly what it means, but... I said to him, oh, it's because of the clothes I wear. He said, no, no, it's not your clothes, it's you. <laughs> it's me, I'm bohemian. 
I love it. But it's different, isn't it? I must get my red shoes out. Have you seen Michael Portello on the telly with his different colour jackets? He does these train programmes, doesn't he? He has bright yellow jackets. And I mean like electric yellow, bright green, blue, all the colours under the sun. These jackets and different coloured trousers. Now, he must do that deliberately. You know, no one wears lime green trousers with a, a pink or red jacket. They, they just don't do that. But he does. And <laughs> I think that's lovely. I like that. I like my red shoes. In fact, I might go, I might wear them tomorrow. We're going to Ambley Museum again tomorrow. It's a, a communications day. Initially, I thought, oh, radio communication that's good look forward to that we're actually going there because we've got a load of books for the they've got a second-hand shop there like a junk shop no, no bric-a-brac they call it not junk and you know people donate stuff and they sell it and it all goes towards the the museum so we're taking a load of books but it's a communications day and what it is it's telephones and stuff like that i'm not really interested in that i was hoping it was going to be radios but not to worry the weather's going to be nice tomorrow, Sunday. What's the date tomorrow? 20th of August tomorrow. It's going to be nice. And we normally take lunch. There is a cafe there, but we take our own lunch. Trish makes up rolls and uh, apple and banana and whatever, which is good. Plenty of picnic tables in, in the woods. And I'm going to do the nature trail again, the walk, because it really has been helping my knee, my bad knee. The more I walk, the better my knee seems to get the arthritis. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Well, we're coming up to the hour. So uh, nice to have had, had a chat with you. Thanks for listening. If you're still with me, I've been saying that recently, haven't I? Anyone still listening? <laughs> oh, we're going to see Pink Floyd tribute band in Hastings. When's that? Um, with sister-in-law and brother-in-law. Is that, I think that's next month. I can't remember what it is. That's going to be good. And Trish has just bought herself a, a T-shirt. It says, is there anybody out there on it? And the other T-shirt is Pink Floyd. Oh, the wool. She's bought the wool. So she's getting into that. She's not into Pink Floyd. Her sister, heavily into Pink Floyd. And I am. But brother-in-law and Trish, they're not. So they're, they're going to sit there and put up with it. When I say put up with it, I mean, they will enjoy it. But uh, not as much as Trish's sister and myself. So we're really looking forward to that. Talking of people being different, Trisha's sister says I'm weird. <laughs> I say to her, I'm perfectly normal. She says, you've missed off the AB, you're abnormal. I don't know. I think she knows that I'm perfectly normal, really. Anyway, have you had enough? I think I'll disappear now. It's 22, where was the time? 20 to 7. And I'm not going to get a phone call till at least 11 o'clock. So I, I might blast out some Pink Floyd, having talked about it. Put my red shoes on, my dancing shoes. No, you don't dance to Pink Floyd, do you? Might turn my radios on later, see if I can find any nerds to chat to. So all look after yourselves. Take care. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> Get some shoe dye. There you are. There's a little challenge for you. If you're old, and I mean, I'm not old, but if you're old, Get some shoe dye, get a pair of shoes out of the, the cupboard and uh, dye them red or yellow or something. And I might have to look round for some Michael Portello jackets. I'll leave you with that thought in mind. Red shoes, yellow jacket and uh, lime green trousers. See you on Wednesday with the midweek message. Take care. Bye bye for now.